0: I am um, excited about this word tonight. I'm going to talk about the word of faith, the word of faith. And um, this kind of got ignited. I've been listening to our Kingdom Institute instructors. They teach on our Sunday nights. They attend classes from 430 to uh, 845 every Sunday night, whether you knew that was going on or not. That's taking place right here. We've got students that are going through that and And um, so I've actually been teaching in St. Augustine for the past several weeks, driving down there every Sunday and teaching. And um, so I have been recording our instructors, so I can, you know, usually I'm able to just be able to jump in, pop in on any class at any time if I want, and so that kind of gives me that opportunity. There's one class that I was listening to that just kind of stirred me up last week, and um, there's a class that's being taught right now on confession, in your words, And so it kind of stirred me up. Alyssa Glisson is actually teaching that class and doing a phenomenal job with it and um, really talking about confession. I'm excited about the gifts that we have in this body. Amen. It's exciting to see us grow to a point where we can utilize other people. My wife and I did not come here to make a name for ourselves. We didn't come here to run this thing all by ourselves. We came here to equip and empower the believers, the church, to do the work. Amen. And um, in fact, next week, Next Wednesday, you're going to get a treat, and your kids are going to get a treat, because my wife and I, it's not a secret, don't tell the kids, don't tell your kids then, but your kids are going to get us next week, and uh, we're excited. We're children's pastors before and love being with the kids. This is the first time we actually get to do, I do, my wife's been doing them, but this is the first time we both get to tag team it and, and be with the elementary kids again, so we have to dust off the... Rust, man we're gonna have to clean it up and you know get it ready I I don't know if I'm laying on the ground over there you know with a rope around my neck tight hanging from the ceiling um you know come save us laying on the ground hanging from the ceiling you got it hey you you never know what can happen over there one second you're hanging from the ceiling the next thing they're on top of you got you in a some kind of choke cold or I don't know man I don't know what y'all teach your kids Just tell them to go easy on Pastor Mark and Ashley, okay? Uh, But we're going to be hanging out with them. (laughs) I don't know why they don't have to know. I'm excited. I want to go tell them, right? I want to go tell them. Get them excited, man. Get them here. Uh, But Chase Glisten is actually going to be doing the word over here amen so you're gonna have a treat over here he's got a i know he's getting ready and, and getting pre- it's so funny you know because now not that preaching is not a big deal to me obviously but you know back in the day i remember the first time pastor earl asked me to preach and it was a wednesday night and um you know I, I remember i asked him and afterwards i was like man i shouldn't ask that but i know he i was like hey you mind if i uh It's all right if I take the day off, you know, i am gonna go home and study. And he just looked at me and just laughed. It's like, really? He had the day off from church to preach tonight? But it's just funny, you know, when you're first. So I know he's getting ready. I know he's getting prepped. I think he may have even taken the day off. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. He did take the day off. See, he did take the day off. So, hey, more power to you, man. But, uh, you know, one day you'll get to it, man. You'll have a word in season, out of season. Hey, I'll take the mic right now. Amen. Um, so it's good. But next week's going to be exciting. Amen. We we like to switch it up, like to do different things. And we've got people in the body that are getting trained and developed. Um, these men and women of God that are here with us now, they've gone through training. They've gone through Kingdom Institute. They've done their work of service. Amen. And it's awesome to see. God utilizing them and moving them to the next level. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 for me. It's enough laughing and silliness now. Let's get in the word. I'm just kidding. Laughter is like medicine. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just felt that we needed that tonight. Some of us come in here and it's heavy. I know it's Wednesday. Wednesday you got stuff you've been dealing with. You probably just drove straight here from dealing with something. uh, So it's nice to come together. Amen. Fellowship with each other and be encouraged and strengthened. That's my prayer. Every time you walk out those doors that you leave more strengthened than when you came in. Amen. No matter if you're on cloud nine or if you're at the bottom of it, you should leave more empowered and strengthened when you leave this place. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, it says this now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So I want to stop right there real quick. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So if you can see it, it's not faith. If you can see it, it's not faith. Faith operates where you can't see. Amen. And just to let you know. Um, this is how you and I were designed to live. We were designed to live in the unseen. God, in fact, if you go down to verse 6, it says that he's not even pleased unless we're operating by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God loves working with stuff you can't see. you just got to understand that. He loves, I mean, if you can see it, he's already moved on to the next thing. I heard a pastor tell me that one time and it just really switched my thinking. You know, you you're believing God for a vehicle and he brings you the vehicle and now you're praising God and you're rejoicing. Thank you, God, for the vehicle. And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm over here. I'm on the next thing that you can't see. I mean, that's how much in the unseen God lives and dwells. And so God loves working with stuff that you can't see. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. That means it's the proof that it's there even though you can't see it. It's the proof. It's there. Even though you can't see it right now, if you stay hooked up to faith, one day you will see it. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now look at what verse 3 says. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the what word of god by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible now when he says the word of god you know we we call this the word of god okay we call our bibles the word of god because it is the word of God, but it's not here specifically referring to the Bible, it's not saying that the the universe and the worlds were created by the Bible. It's saying that it's created that the, the world and the universe were created by what the Bible is made up of God's words. So this is telling us that God literally spoke something and something was created. Something was changed from being unseen to seen by a word. You see what I'm saying? By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Look at this in the New Living Translation. They're going to throw it up there for you. It says, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So here's the power of God's words. God's words can take something that's invisible and make it visible. God's words can take something that cannot be seen and make it seen. God can take something that's supernatural and make it natural. Is moving stuff. This is the power of God's words. Words, God's words framed the world. Well, I mean, if we skip on over to jump back to Genesis chapter one. Those are the, the pages that have the, the, the like smushed and the corners are like folded up and stuff. The inside pages are all good, but I mean, my Bible does it too. those outside pages. They get all bent up, but that's where we're going to go. And in Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, look what verse 2 says. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Form and without, without form and void. That means empty. That means no structure to it. No substance to it. It was just there. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now this is what we call a precedent-setting event. A precedent-setting event. That means this is the first event that takes place that now has a pattern behind it. From here on out, God is setting something in motion. If you want to create something, you have to speak it. Your words have the creative force. God's words have a creative force behind it. God never just says something. You know, we even say that. I'm just saying (laughs) I mean, that's literally a phrase in our vocabulary. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, you're never just saying anything. God never goes, "I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying here. He never makes that statement. His words are so powerful, and there's so much creative force behind his words, that when, as soon as he says something, he knows there's a reaction. There's a response that's going to take place based upon the words that just came out of my mouth. Let there be light. And there was light. And now we have this pattern for the rest that when we can stake this on God that when He speaks, something is going to take place. In fact, He says in, over in Isaiah that when I send my words out, how many of you send your words out? Did you realize you are sending words out to accomplish? Something, when I send my words out, it will accomplish that which I send it to do, and it will not return to me void. That's awesome. What's he saying? I expect a reaction based upon my words going forth. It will accomplish. Did you know that you can assign? I mean, accomplished means that you have fulfilled something. You have completed a task. That's what accomplished means. If I tell you, uh, you know, if I tell Caleb, hey, clean clean the windows for me. And then he can come to me and say, hey, I accomplished the task that you gave me. What did he do? He finished it. He completed it. Did you know that you can assign your words a task? (laughs) A task. I want my words to go do something for me today. So I'm going to send my words out. And they are going to accomplish that which I send them to do. And they will not come back to me void. Now, see, our natural words don't carry this power. Because we can break our word. I'll see you at 1230. Hey, where are you at? Oh, I forgot. Oh, you broke your word. Your words didn't accomplish... That which you sent them to do. what happened? They returned back to you void, empty, no substance. You're not here. You forgot. You overslept. Okay? So we've got to get hooked up with God's words. Well, we skip on down to verse 26. We all know it. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And again, you've heard me say this a few times recently, likeness does not talk about what he actually looks like. Likeness has to do with how God functions, how he operates. So since I'm created in his image and his likeness, my words should be doing what his words do. My words should be doing what his words do. that means that when i speak i should be able to assign them a task and expect them to accomplish the task and not return back to me void this is called the word of faith why god loves working with stuff that you can't see now here in genesis chapter 1 We saw that the heavens were created and they were without form and void. So if I had a table in front of me here and I said, I gave you the option of you can eat this cake that I've already baked. And it's ready to go. It's got icing on it. It says happy birthday, Caleb on it. Right. It's got candles lit. Who would want a slice of that cake? Nobody wants Caleb's birthday cake. You're making him feel bad right now. Okay. All right. But in the next table over, I have a bowl. And it's got sugar. It's got vanilla extract. And it's got, I don't know, whatever else goes in there. Butter, flour, and more sugar, (laughs) and ice cream. Because I love ice cream cakes. But it hasn't been mixed together. hasn't been baked. Who wants that one? Nobody. Nobody wants that one. Why? It's without form. See, a lot of times we have the ingredients right in front of us. You notice this. I was thinking about this today. I was at Tropical Smoothie, one of my favorite places to go, getting a smoothie. And it was tropical. (laughs) And, And... I was thinking about this while they were making it because they got a guy in the back and he's like making sandwiches and, and you know, the, the different wraps that they do. They do a lot of wraps. And then we have, uh, you know, this one girl up front. She takes this big, uh, you know, blender thing and she puts in the strawberries and she puts in the watermelons and she puts in the whey protein that I asked her to add and she puts in the other stuff and the squirts, you know, magic juice in there and whatever else, you know, whatever else they put in. And it dawned on me that because we're created in God's image, we're actually doing what God loves to do. And we don't even realize it. What does an artist do? An artist paints, an artist takes a bunch of colors that are all random without form and void. And what? Creates a masterpiece. What does a culinary chef do? They take a bunch of different types of, uh, you know, ingredients for food and make something awesome out of it. I mean, it's not any different than when it's in the messed up state. It's just got to be put together and needs order. I mean, we do this stuff. What does a a car manufacturer do? Takes an engine and takes an axle and and takes a radiator and takes a transmission and creates a vehicle. We're doing this stuff all the time and we don't even realize it. Because that's who we are. It's in our nature. It's in our nature. And there's some people that are better at putting stuff together than others. I'm not that great at cooking and baking. I can't even tell you what goes in a cake, but I can eat one. I'm good at eating it, I'm just not good at making it, okay? Making me hungry, it's all right, we won't be here much longer, chugging through. Got some cheese that's next door. I get to eat, I get to eat, I get to snack with the kids next week. I'm looking forward to that. I love gummies. I mean, there's things, uh, What what, you know, one thing for me is, I'm an order guy. I'm an outline guy. And so, especially when I'm studying, I can see all these different pieces for one subject, and I can make an outline out of it. And the result always looks different than when it started, although it's the same things, just brought to order. That's the power that we have, and that's what God did here. Because we're created in His likeness. We're created in His image. But now what I want to show you tonight is that our words are what bring that creative power together. You've heard me say this before, that faith, faith is not creating something. It's moving something. See, you realize if you're standing in faith for healing, like we prayed tonight for baby Levi and uh, Miss Wiley's cousin, we pray for healing. We don't need to create healing. But we do need to bring some order. What do we need to do? We need to get that healing, the ingredients, bring it together so that we can have a result. So our words are how we do that. Through prayer, by confession, by speaking over it. We got to understand this: that our words are doing that. Our words are supplying the, the the the. They're bringing order to the ingredients that God has already given us. I mean, if you're standing in in faith over your finances, you don't need you don't need to create money, and you don't need to create provision. It's already been provided for you. It's just somewhere else, where in the unseen. That's why faith is needed but here's the problem is we speak words of doubt while we're standing in faith well now we've just brought in we've just messed up the order the very thing that brings order the very thing that 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 causes this thing of without form and void to come to substance we've just removed it we've just removed it from the equation Look at Mark chapter 11. Our words shape our worlds. Our words shape our worlds. What you're saying is producing what you're living. Whether we realize it or not. What we're speaking You have the opportunity to speak life or to speak death. And you're not just saying, I'm just saying, we might not make it. You're not just saying, you just brought order to death. Because that's what our words do. This is the creative impact, the creative power that our words have in our everyday lives. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Why do we have to have faith in God? Because He can't be seen. We can't see it. You can't see how He moves. You can't see how He operates. Amen? So faith is required. So Jesus says, Have faith in God. Verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And here's the key. And does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, whatever can be whatever. You will have whatever you say. You will have provision, or you will have lack, whatever you say. You will have healing, or you will have disease and pain, whatever you say. See, it's not just the positive. If we're not careful that, whatever can be the negative. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe that you receive them. When, are you, when do you believe? When you get it? No. When you pray. Why? Because it's faith. If you're waiting till you see it to speak it, you're too late. <laughs> it's not faith. But God only operates by faith. So we believe when we pray that we receive them and you will have them. I want to read this in the Young's Literal Translation. It's not up on the screen, so you can just listen. It says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith of God. See, that have faith in God is actually translated, have the God kind of faith. You realize that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. (laughs) It's God's word. And it will not return to him void. No matter where it started from. If you can get hooked up with God's word. Then you'll receive what God's word says you can have. Because now you're not just sending out your word. You're sending out God's word. And God has promised that his word will not return void. It will accomplish that which he sends it out to do. So have the God kind of faith. Verily, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea and may not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things he says do come to pass, it shall be to him whatever he may say. Because of this, I say to you, all whatever praying ye do ask, believe that you receive and it shall be to you over in second Corinthians, chapter four, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, shows us another important key to the word of faith. Verse 13 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. You will speak what you believe. And we just saw that speaking and believing have to line up. They have to line up. So if you're speaking healing, but you don't really believe it, those words have no power. But if you can believe... If you can get to the believing side and then allow your mouth to line up with your heart, then you will see that which you're believing for. That thing that I'm in faith for, that thing that I cannot see, I know I will see it because I believe it and I speak it and the life is going out. Therefore, it's going to produce a result for me. This is how our mouth works. So your mouth speaks what your heart Believes. So I want to take you over here and we're going to close with this, with this story in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. So Moses gets the Israelites out of Egypt. But how many of you know that there's a difference between freedom and deliverance? <laughs> I can get you out physically, but I can't get you out mentally. There are some people, I can get you rid of all the garbage naturally that's tying you down. I can get you in a better home. I can get you away from people that have been tearing you down. I can get you away from all the things that you were accessing that were hurting you. But if I don't get you free in your mind, you'll never really be free. And so he gets the Israelites out physically, out of slavery. But the problem, he pulled them out of Egypt, but he wasn't able to get Egypt out of them. (laughs) See, sometimes we we spent so much time in slavery and bondage that it, it got so inundated in our minds that it's still in us, even though we've become a new creature in Christ. This is why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 is so important. Renew your mind. That's why Jesus came and said, hey, if you're going to receive this kingdom, repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Change your thinking. Change your mind. And so Moses gets them out of Egypt, but he can't get Egypt out of them. A trip that should have taken a couple of weeks ended up taking 40 years. so here we are at the promised land we're actually here pretty quick we're about three or four months into this trip isn't that terrible to think that they actually got to the promised land in the first three months and so the other 40 times 12 480 months minus three so for the for the rest of the 477 months we don't picture it that way. We think it literally took them 40 years just to get to Numbers chapter 13. But that's not a true statement. They got there quick. And watch what took place. Verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, the promised land, and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains. See, sometimes we want to spy out the thing that God's called us into. But be careful because you might not like what you see. might not like what you see. See, you can't let what you see on the other side move you from what God said on the first side. You got to know, no matter what it looks like, God's word is still true. (laughs) There may be giants in the land, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to spy it. I'm going to get the report. I'm going to see what that looks like. I'm going to see what this... But it may not look as free as you thought. Verse eighteen. See what the land is like. Whether the people, this is—I mean—whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. You know, when God gave that command to uh, gave the promise to to Abraham back in Genesis chapter twelve. He didn't put in there any kind of clause that says, as long as they are weak, or as long as they are few, you can take it. But if they are strong or many, turn around. (laughs) Don't bother. They're going to whip your tail. He doesn't say that. But yet we're going in spying whether they're strong or weak, few or many, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Well, we know Jericho was a stronghold. The first city they come up on has walls so thick you can have chariot races on the top of it. I mean, these people knew about, these people were, knew, these, you know where I'm going. These people believed in God's promise more than the Israelites. Because they built up a wall knowing, look man, there was a promise given to a man named Abraham. One day someone's going to try to come up here and bust us up. So let's build some walls to keep them out. See, the devil knows God's word better than some of us do. And he's got walls up and we have power over the walls, but we look at the walls rather than look at the word. (laughs) Wow. Whether the land is rich or poor, whether whether there are forests or not, be of good courage (laughs) and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes and so they go they they, they go uh you know they they send in and look at all the different lands we see those listed here in 21 22 23 verse uh 24 says the the place was called the valley of eshcol because of the cluster which the men of israel cut down there they came back with these huge clusters of grapes that they had to carry on poles they were so big still hungry okay And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back, what? Word. Word. To them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, not weak. The cities are fortified, not camps. And very large, many, not few. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak was a family of giants. So if you see the descendants of giants, hey, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. These guys are big. Now, it's kind of funny that there's actually only three giants. But it's amazing how all we have to see is just one giant, and we turn around and run. (laughs) It's amazing the, the perspective that we take. They came and brought back a word. And what we're about to find out is their word ended up overriding God's word for them. If you're not careful, you will talk yourself out of what God has already promised you. See, these guys were supposed to go in and spy out the land so they could find a way to overtake it, not find a way to turn around. (laughs) They go into this land and they're supposed to get strategy on how do we overtake this land and how do we... I mean, they spent 40 days there, 40 nights there, and they come back and they find a way to talk themselves out of it instead of talking their way into it. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites. They were surprised to find out that there's actually somebody living in our stuff. There's people here. You mean we have to fight for the land? Wow. Did you know that your faith comes with a fight? That's why he said, fight the good fight of faith. People want the fight, or people want the faith without the fight. But the faith comes with the fight, because the fight determines your faith. (laughs) The fight is what proves I have faith. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go out go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Isn't that awesome? Somebody spoke up in what? Faith. Somebody declared a word based upon a word that was already given. You've got to learn to line yourself up with the word that God has already given you, not what you see. If you learn to line yourself up with the word of God, you will change what you see. Because that's what words do. Words are designed to change what you see. So quit saying what you see and start saying what you don't see, and what you want to see. My Kids are never going to straighten up. They're never going to get A's in school. They're never going never gonna to be able to go one year without losing profits in my business. I'm never, i just, man, my back is killing me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, my back is killing me right now. I know, it brings it to light. It shows us what our words can do. But the men who had gone up, verse 31, had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. Strong just turned into stronger. See, it doesn't matter what you see inside your promised land. You're stronger because of the word that God has already said. God's word was more powerful than any giant in that land. God's word was stronger than any wall that could try to keep them out. God's word was more powerful than any nation that had completely overcome them every time. These Amalekites were oppressors to the Israelites. The Amalekites were one of the, the greatest enemies to the Israelites. And they say even today that the Amalekites still have descendants that are oppressing God's people. You can thank King Saul for that, for not chopping them all up like God had asked them to in 1 Samuel chapter 15. I mean, when God says, get rid of it all, he means get rid of it all. There's a reason and a purpose behind it. He doesn't just like obliterating people. He likes to get rid of sin. Sin. And that's what these Amalekites were. The Philistines were another one that continued to show up over and over and over. And they gave the children of Israel a what bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. So in, instead of seeing something so large to take, they saw something so large that they couldn't take it. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There, were, there we saw the giants, the descendants of that came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Because they only saw as themselves, they didn't see like God. Because God didn't see grasshoppers. God didn't see grasshoppers. He saw his people, his nation. Why? Because God is a God of faith. Even though you're acting like a grasshopper right now, there's greatness and potential inside of you. I'm going to speak to who you are and who you're going to become, not what you're currently acting like. And so verse 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. It's amazing how if you get around people that want to speak negativity, you'll fall right in line. In this passage, we have two men that decide to speak up in alignment with God's word Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them spread a bad report, and the people align themselves with the negative. It's always easier to go with the negative because the negative doesn't take any work. It doesn't take any work to just stay right here, it takes no work to stay in the wilderness. You know, they didn't even have to work for a miracle. God did so much for them in that wilderness. I mean, busting open rocks and giving them water to drink. Birds giving them food to eat. Manna showing up on the ground every morning. I mean, they didn't have to work for nothing. They didn't have to get on there. They complained about stuff and God was doing stuff for them. Negativity takes no work. It takes work to be positive, it takes work to speak the right things, and it takes work to see what God has already promised you. But you have to do that. You have to see exactly what he's promised you. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, only if we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? He didn't bring you to the land to fall by the sword. You just made that up. That our wives and children should become vic- victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. But look at verse 6. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Well, the two men that had the positive report, they're the only ones that got in out of this group. You read the story, the only ones that got into the promised land were those that were 20 years and under. Well, they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So that means that God could only take in people that didn't have an Egypt mentality. They were born in the wilderness. They didn't know slavery. They didn't know bondage. They didn't know, uh, you know uh, being beat down and oppressed. He had to find people with a clear mind. But Joshua and Caleb, they decide to stay with the good report and speak in line with that. You will see in your life what you speak with your mouth. You will see in your life what you're speaking with your mouth. Your life is a result of what you're saying. And we don't even realize this. So that means if you want to see something different, say something different. Don't just, I'll tell it like it is. Well, don't tell it like it is. Tell it like you want it to be. Tell it like it isn't. I'll tell it like it isn't. Amen. Our words create. Our words can either create or hinder in our lives. Our words can create or hinder what happens in our lives. It's a result. It's a result. Don't like what you're seeing. Say something different. Because what you're saying produces what you're seeing. What you're saying produces what you're living. What you're saying produces the world that we live in. Our words shape our worlds. This is the power of our words. So we've got to learn to have words of faith. We've got to learn to have words that align with God's word. You know that word confess? That word confess means to be in agreement. That's literally what it means. It means a binding contract. It means to agree. Agree. A binding contract. If you don't know what to say, Good. He already has said it. Just get in agreement with what He's already said. Just get in agreement with what He's already spoken. Just get in agreement with what He has already put in play. I choose today to agree with God's Word. He said I could go in and take the land. He said that I could go in and possess it. He said that I could go in and overthrow and destroy every enemy that's in it. And even though I may go out and spy it out, I'm not spying it out to get turned away. I'm, getting spy- I'm spying out to figure out how to go in. Don't allow what you see to change what he said. Father, we thank you tonight that we have your words. We have your power. Our words possess the same authority and power that your words do. When we align ourselves with you. And we will not allow what we see to change what you have said. Father, we want to speak your word and speak your word only. We want to believe your word and believe your word only. Even though we may have the bad report right in our face, screaming and yelling at us, Even though the majority may be bringing a bad report. We choose to align ourselves with the good report. Because your word will override any bad report if we believe it. Your word will override any bad report if we can find ourselves saying it, agreeing with it, and speaking it. Father, we thank you tonight that we understand the value of our words. That we're never just saying, but we're speaking words that are creating and shaping the world around us. So we value every word that comes out of our mouth. We hold our tongue. we learn to have, have restraint and self-control when the wrong thing wants to come out and learn to exercise saying the right thing so that we can be moved by faith, live by faith, and see the promises that you've given us come to pass. In Jesus name, and all God's people said, Amen, hallelujah. We want to take up our tithe and offering at this time. Amen. If you need an offering envelope, just raise your hand. Our ushers will get you one. Hallelujah. If you're writing out a check, you can make it payable to AFC or Anchor Faith Church. Amen. We appreciate your giving and your